Hey folks, thank you for tuning into the Grad School Sucks podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Matthew Carlson, and each week I'll be bringing you conversations that will help grad students like you survive grad school and thrive in a post-grad school career. If you end up enjoying today's podcast, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And be sure to check out the description of this episode for links to everything that we talk about today. Without further ado, let's start the episode. All right, folks, thank you for choosing to join me today. I want to talk about resumes. Now, if you are a grad student or a PhD holder and you're looking to get a job in industry, you've got to have a resume. 99% of jobs are not going to be looking for a CV. There are some exceptions, but the vast majority of jobs out there you will need a resume for. And so today I'm going to talk about three controversial resume hacks for PhDs, specifically who want to go industry, of course. All right, the first controversial resume hack is about your job description that you put in your experiences section or past employment section. And I wrote a blog post about this several months ago, and I'll link to it in the description. And basically, I made the argument that your job description, let's say you're a research assistant, graduate research assistant, and then under that line in your work history, you are going to have a description of what you did. That's what's called the job description. And I think many, particularly many graduate students, want to provide a technically correct answer. They want to provide the thorough job description, basically an abstract, if you will, of what they did as a graduate research assistant. The problem is that nobody cares. Nobody cares because they're not looking to find out what you did. They're looking to find out what you achieved. And your job description section, I think, will better will work better for you if instead you reframe it as more of an, a highlights reel or an achievement section. So let me give you an example uh, from my own resume. Here I'll read you uh, what I had previously back when I was a research scientist. Um, this is what this is the job description that I had where I was describing what I did as a research research scientist. I spearheaded and oversaw data related activities, including data collection, data mining and modeling, database maintenance, technical report writing presentation of key data insights, and communication of actionable next steps to organizational leadership. So a couple things there. One, it's way too long. No one's going to read. On on the page, it's three lines of text underneath the bullet of um, uh, research scientist, and it's, um, it's a lot. And then number two, it doesn't actually, it does tell about what I did, but it doesn't do me really any justice to show what I achieved in that role. So that was that was how I wrote it up at the very first time when I decided I was going to go industry. And here's what I did. Uh, fast forward maybe six to nine months later. At this point, I'd already had my industry job, and I'd gone through. <coughs> excuse me, I'd gone through a couple iterations of 
uh, that resume at this point. So here it is a second time. Research scientist, bullet one, created 50 plus technical reports and presentations for leaderships, stakeholders, and funders. Bullet two, managed a team of 10 plus researchers and a yearly research budget of $250,000. So a couple differences there. Uh, number one, it's bullets. It's not a list of text. Um, it's much easier to read. Uh, if you were to look at the blog post, you can see it's much easier to scan, which again is what recruiters are going to do. Uh, typically, it's anywhere from 15 to 30 seconds is the amount of time that they'll spend on a resume, often much less than that, maybe even closer to 5 to 10 seconds. And so you really got to get those numbers to jump out at them. Um, but so a couple things. Yeah, it's bulleted. It's much shorter. It includes numbers. And it talks about the impact that I had in that role. And I want you to reach for more than just describing what you did. I want you to show the impact that you had. And I want you to show the achievements that you had. Of course, as long as they're consistent with the job duties of that role. So then you get to tell both stories, not just what you were doing in the role, but also what you were able to create and achieve. One way of looking at this is called the problem action result method of writing a job description. And here I'll tell you an example of one right now. So this is not a particularly academic example, but it'll highlight this problem action result or PAR, P-A-R formula that a lot of people talk about to highlight your achievements basically. So this is a bullet from a, uh, a sample job description. Designed new phone survey scenarios to enhance customer retention by 32%. So there's a problem and action and a result. The problem is that the phone surveys were not performing well in terms of the customer retention. The action was this person designed the new survey scenarios and the result was customer retention went up. And I think it's pretty easy to see how you could use this uh, when you're looking at your own experience as a grad student. So maybe the problem was that research participants were not showing up for their uh, appointments to participate in research. And so let's say you took the action of creating text reminders that would automatically text out to each participant. And the result was that instead of a 50% no-show rate, you dropped it down to a 25% no-show rate, meaning that now 75% of people are showing up. It's a great way of highlighting that there was a problem and you took an action and there was a result a positive result of that action. It shows that you brought value to the organization that you were a part of. A couple last things on the uh, first uh, point we're making today about job descriptions. Uh, be sure to use numbers whenever possible. Numbers are easier to read than words. They communicate something that words don't. And particularly if you can put a dollar sign behind them, uh, it will go a long way towards getting the reviewer or the recruiter's attention. And I provide some examples in the blog. Uh, if you want to check that out again, the link is in the description of this episode. And then final point, if you want, 
Uh, some people do include both a accurate job description and a list of achievements underneath the bullet for each job title that they have in their employment section. And I think that's fine. I think it can become wordy, and I think if you're clever, you can do both at one time using two, maybe three bullet points per job position in order to convey what you did at the role, but also what you were able to achieve. And I encourage you, look into the PAR method, the problem action result method of doing that. I think you might get a lot of value out of that. Okay, on to number two of the controversial resume hacks for PhDs. This one is a bit more controversial than the first one we went over, and that is that I think PhDs should consider rewording their academic job titles. I did this myself when I went on the job market. Originally, my position was technically described as a research professor position. That's the position that I took and held for two years after I got my PhD. Research professor. Did I teach any classes? No, I did not. I led a research team doing program evaluation. So the majority of my time was spent uh, managing the collection of data, analyzing data, writing up that data, doing presentations, doing meetings, the usual thing, never taught a single class, but I had the title of research professor. Recruiters are not going to understand what a research professor is, and that is going to look very out of touch when you're applying for roles like data analyst. And so instead of listing that position as research professor, I chose the slightly more conventional term research scientist. Now, we can go even further down the rabbit hole with this, with two other examples of people that I know who have reworded job titles. Someone who was a postdoc described themselves in their resume not as a postdoctoral research fellow or postdoctoral research associate or postdoctoral research assistant, which are technically the full terms for postdoc, but they describe themselves as a postdoctoral research scientist, and that helped them break into pharma in industry. Another person who was a postdoc actually described themselves as a data scientist because they felt that the job duties they were doing as a postdoc matched the regular job duties of a data scientist, and that helped them break into biotech. I think there's another side of the coin that's worth looking at in this conversation. And that is that most companies, particularly mid to large size companies, will do a background check. And that includes an employment check. And that specifically includes dates of employment and oftentimes job titles. And whenever the job title that was listed by your HR staff in your file does not match the job title that you put down in a resume and that is caught by a background check, that will raise a red flag for the recruiter or the hiring manager that is overlooking the process of filling that position. And this could be, this could become nothing at all. This could become an issue that they bring to you and ask you to clarify, 
or it could be an automatic cause for your application to be disqualified. Now, in my instance, I did have a thorough background check conducted. I ended up getting hired by a Fortune 10 company, very large. They did a very thorough background check. They did not even ask me about the difference between a research professor and a research scientist that I had listed. Um, I think most oftentimes the case is going to be that if a red flag is raised and it is a job title that appears quite distinct from what you put down, then they're probably going to ask you about it and they're going to ask you to clarify what's going on. And I think the best way to think about this is that it's okay to change a job title if it helps recruiters understand what you actually did. It's generally not okay to inflate a job title to something that you did not actually do. So there are three circumstances in which it's generally considered okay to change the job title on your resume compared to whatever the HR of that company would have put down in your file. And those three reasons are, the job titles generally mean the same thing. Research professor and research scientist do technically mean the same thing. They are interchangeable. Research professor is kind of an older way of describing it. Research scientist is kind of like the new cool way of describing it. Um, the second reason is that the job title doesn't act accurately reflect what you do. And then the third reason is that your role has changed, but your official title has not. And I think a good example of this last one and one that relates back to my own experience, my own resume, is that I was a graduate research assistant. That's what was written down in my record. That is what originally I had listed on my resume. Come to find out, graduate research assistant, assistant means nothing to most people outside of academia and is probably not going to look that compelling on a resume. And so at some point I realized that I was not just a graduate research assistant, in the lab that I was in during my doctoral program, um, I actually became the lab coordinator. I was in charge of the lab, in charge of managing, running it, managing the meetings. And so eventually I decided to start listing myself as research project coordinator. And later I listed my job title as research project coordinator and data analyst for that graduate research assistant role. Again, if this did get flagged in the background check, it was never something that they approached me about and cared to even speak with me about. And I think that specifically for graduate students who are on an assistantship, you are in the position of, yes, your HR title is teaching assistant, research assistant, or graduate research assistant, something to that effect. But you're going to be, if you're going to industry, in the position of trying to show that you have a compelling history of employment. And graduate research assistant doesn't really say anything to your potential employers. I think that while you may run a risk of having an application later rejected because maybe their HR contacts your your old university's HR, and they see the titles don't match. And of course, that would be unfortunate to lose standing in line for a position that you're competitive for. 
But I think at the same time, there there's also a risk in not changing it because of how many recruiters are simply going to overlook your application when they see graduate research assistant, and to them that feels fairly out of touch and disconnected with the role that they are trying to hire for. I said this was a more controversial point than the first one. So there's a couple caveats that I want to throw out here if the idea of changing your job title is making you a little bit anxious. Number one, you could always put both. You could put the understandable title and then the technically correct one. I could have put research project coordinator slash graduate research assistant. Could have done that. Um, and then the other caveat is that a resume is technically marketing material. You are marketing yourself, your skills, and your employability to potential recruiters and hiring managers. What you put on your resume and what you put on your application don't necessarily need to be the same thing. And your resume is not a legal document. Your job application is a legal document. And so if you want to, to show that you did have a title that is not reflected on your resume in your job application, you could put down what your technically correct title was. And so when the HR goes back to check, when they do their background check, and it will match, then you would be in the position where you're not raising red flags, you are disclosing that you had a slightly different job title than what is listed on your resume. And then if anyone wants to bring up the fact that you have a resume and an application that don't have matching terms, then you can just jump into that conversation. And frankly, I think it's a conversation that graduate students should win. We should be arguing that we are able to use terms on our resumes that are more consistent with positions in industry because we are doing the same jobs. Again, lying is of course not something that I'm encouraging. Inflating is not something that I'm encouraging. I'm encouraging you to make your work history understandable and translate that so that recruiters and hiring managers can better appreciate the work you've done in the past. All right, last controversial resume hack. I made a reel on Instagram about this and I also posted it on TikTok and YouTube and wow, it got a lot of negative responses on YouTube for whatever reason. And that... This third point is that I think you should consider taking the dates off of your education. There is no rule that says you have to have your graduation year on your education. And federal law technically prohibits age discrimination, but it happens all the time. Recruiters are generally not that interested in hiring someone who is fresh out of their degree. They are going to interpret that as someone who is lacking in job skills and real world, world experience that can be translated into the position that they're hiring for. And I think that if you are having difficulty getting interviews, one thing you can do is to take off those dates on your resume under that employment section that probably should be at the very bottom of your resume. Now, Am I promoting 
hiding that information when it comes up in conversations with recruiters or hiring managers? Of course not. No, we should not be withholding that information. I'm simply saying that whenever you put that you graduated in 2023 with your PhD and you're looking for a job, most recruiters are going to make the connection that you are looking for your first job and they may interpret that as you are lacking in real world experience. And while some grad students probably are lacking in real world experience, I think that many of us do have experience, whether that's in university settings or otherwise, that does make us competitive applicants for positions in industry. And I think that oftentimes listing your education on your resume can make you look less competitive than you actually are. Of course, if they ask, then, then tell. And they're probably going to be looking at your LinkedIn anyway. And your LinkedIn will probably have the dates on there. I'm simply saying that you give yourself potentially a tiny leg up by taking the dates off your education. Now, there's also some potentially reverse discrimination that happens in some uh, some industries. You know, tech is generally more favorable to younger applicants than they are older applicants, and um, for whatever reason, it may be good in some instances to have the dates of your education on your resume. But I think particularly if you're trying to get your first job in industry, consider that as an option. I'm not saying it's a must-do, but if you are not getting many interviews, I think it's something you could do to um, lessen the obviousness that you are looking for your first industry job. All right, that is all I have for you folks today. I would love to hear what you thought of those three controversial resume hacks, be sure to hit me up on Instagram. I'll put the link in the description of this below along with that blog post that I mentioned. Best of luck. Make sure you make compelling resumes that recruiters and hiring managers are actually going to want to read and actually feel impacted by. Turn that degree into a job. Have a great day. Folks, thank you for tuning into the Grad School Sucks podcast. I hope you got a lot out of our episode today. If you did, please consider leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And be sure to check out the description of this episode for links to everything that we covered today. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Matt Carlson, and I look forward to bringing you another great episode next week. See y'all next time.